Welcome to today's St. Paul's Church of the Voyager podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Fiesler, and I am glad that you are listening today. All right, as I mentioned during the announcements, um, next week begins Reverend uh, Lodal's series on narrative theology based on his book, The Story of God. And our reading today is covered in chapter 25 of his book. And yes, I read chapter 25 several times, uh, getting ready for today. In the Gospel of Luke, chapters 9 through 24 detail Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. And on that way, he tells parables and gives us glimpses uh, into the kingdom that he is proclaiming. That same kingdom that he is about to initiate on earth at the end of his journey. Our reading this morning is one of those stories. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke uh, 10, verses 25 to 37. And it should appear on the screen Hi, here. I'm Frank Mealy, and I've been working here at St. Paul's for about four and a half years. Today, I get the privilege of sharing our scripture reading with you. Our scripture reading for the day comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell in the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Frank. Now, let's quickly go back to verse 25. And I apologize if you have my sermon notes. I think I wrote verse 27. It's 25. The very first verse in this section. Because there's something there that I want to make sure that we don't miss. Notice how Luke begins the verse with, just then. What is the just then all about? Well, if we look at the preceding verses, verses 21 through 24, 
we'll see that Jesus has been thanking God for hiding these things, the kingdom, from the wise. And he is stating that no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So the just then is Luke's hint that the lawyer is one of those wise from whom the kingdom has been hidden, and Jesus is about to reveal a glimpse. The lawyer starts out asking a good question. Reverend Lodal notes that this was a question that was probably commonly discussed in rabbinical circles, and the lawyer answers correctly. It is when the lawyer follows up with, who is my neighbor, that things get interesting. Luke tells us that the lawyer wanted to justify himself. The Greek word here, dikaio, means uh, to declare righteous or justify. And we tend to read this as the lawyer wants to make himself look good. But maybe he really does want some clarification on how to be righteous. Sure, a Jewish lawyer in the first century would be an expert in interpreting the body of Jewish scripture and would be familiar with all the ceremonial rules and regulations. And I'm sure our friend is a strict follower of the law. But under a system where righteousness is based on your compliance with all of these many rules and regulations, wouldn't it be prudent to want to know exactly what you need to do? I mean, when we buy a new electronic device, don't we just push aside the owner's manual and go straight for the quick start guide? Just tell me what I need to know, right? However he meant it, Jesus answers with the parable. Jesus is intentional about the characters that he includes in his parables. The first two, the priest and the Levite, would immediately have been identified by that original audience as personifying the system of worship centered around the temple and the law. And yet, they pass on by. Some commenta uh, commentators disagree with me here, but it seems that if Jesus merely wanted to make a point about compassion, couldn't he have used anybody, any characters? It seems to me that he wants to point to a lack of pity stemming from the system that those two represent. Now, lest we judge these individuals too harshly, isn't their behavior exactly what we would expect under a system we're making a wrong choice about purity or morality is all risk and no reward? I mean, in college, we used to joke that if the minimum wasn't good enough, it wouldn't be the minimum. Now, the third character 
is a Samaritan. And to a Jewish audience, Jesus could not have picked a less likely hero. We simply don't have a good analogy in our society today for the mix of historical, cultural, and religious hatred that defined the relationship between these two groups. Suffice to say, just as the priest and the Levite personify the law, the Samaritan personifies someone who is completely cut off from the law. And yet, this is the one who shows compassion. This is the one who loves extravagantly, selflessly, sacrificially, putting the needs of a stranger before his own. Not only that, but our first century Jewish audience, who would have been familiar with this road, and noting that, Luke, uh, that Jesus said he, the traveler is coming from Jerusalem to Jericho, would have assumed the traveler to be Jewish. The Samaritan then is extending this love to someone he knows would certainly not do the same for him. He loves and cares for the traveler simply because it's another human being who needs help. Out of love of neighbor, free from the exclusiveness and the risk aversion of the law, unconcerned with race or religion, he loves an enemy as God loves us. The Samaritan exemplifies Jesus' command found in Luke 6, verses 35 to 36. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Regardless of his religious convictions, the actions of the Samaritan reflect the character of God. When Jesus asks, who acted as a neighbor? The lawyer replies correctly, albeit grudgingly, the one who showed him mercy. Now the story ends. The lawyer, he disappears. And we are left standing there with Jesus and his command to go and do likewise. This is hard teaching. Even though the lawyer answered correctly, he still couldn't bring himself to say, Samaritan. Notice that Jesus does not tell him how to go and do likewise. But I think he invites the lawyer and us to follow him to Jerusalem. 
to a crucifixion, to an empty tomb, to a risen Savior who has justified us before God and given us the gracious gift of His Holy Spirit that we might be able to go out and do likewise, to love our enemies. This is God's redemptive story. This is how he renews all things. Through people like us trying to live out a kingdom life. Reverend Lodal states, eternal life begins here. It begins now in a life wholly given to love. And as I was writing this earlier in the week, amid contentious legal decisions and political wrangling on all sides, it dawned on me that we have a unique, opportunities, a unique opportunity as followers of Jesus to change our culture one relationship at a time. As the Samaritan was free from the, compa uh, the compassion stifling restrictions of the law, so Jesus has freed us from all worldly powers and authorities, from all categories of race and religion and politics. We have our command, go and do likewise. Show mercy. Love all people like your neighbor. We have been freed from following the crowd. This is hard teaching. So let me offer one suggestion that may, with the Spirit's help, recalibrate our relationships with others. Instead of questions that narrow and limit our obligations to other people, who is my neighbor? Ask questions that are inclusive and expand our neighborly sphere. In a few minutes, we will join in praying the prayer of St. Francis. And I think we can draw out some examples of these kinds of questions. When faced with hatred, ask, how can I love this person? With injury, how can I pardon or forgive? With doubt, how can my faith inspire? With despair, how can I bring hope? With darkness, how can I be a ray of light? With sadness, how can I be a spark of joy? Friends, long before July 4th, 1776, we were given true freedom and true independence to bring about an everlasting kingdom of justice and liberty for all people. Let's not retreat 
into a culture of segregation and labels and indifference. With God's grace, let's get to work. <laughs>